What episode are we on? Episode 7. 7? I thought we were... No. We never, we never know. We never get it right. I think you get it right every time and I always get it wrong. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's definitely more than trend. We got Lauren here too. Hello. Hello world. Hello world. That's the classic thing you, you program yeah. when, when you first when start. Yeah, when you're coding. That's true. Print. Hello world. Hashtag learn to code. Yeah, learn to code. <laughs> um, okay, so we're back. Um, topics for the week. Care to comment? Yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna do a roundup. We're gonna do. <laughs> let's. We gotta. I mean. Okay. Well, let's let's in? just do a programming note. Yeah. I want to do a programming note. Okay, programming note. Because we are gonna do a roundup episode this week, which is Iran. Yeah. Post analysis, following up our two week two weeks ago hot takes. We were yeah. worked up last two weeks ago. We yeah. really were. I thought the world was ending. Yeah, and um, so now we have to have a little cool down and like review what our takes were. Uh, we can do a, a conversation regarding the latest and greatest in the nomination circus. Yeah, yeah, Democratic. Maybe primaries. some, maybe some. Uh, Got some Iowa polls. Yeah, and hot takes. We'll give our predictions. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't mean. I, well, I don't want to get ahead of us, but I do think the primary is sort of over. I don't know if you saw, it, but New York Times locked in their Klobuchar uh, oh. endorsement, so I think it's pretty much it. Yeah. Like we're President Klobuchar. <laughs> uh, we can get to that. Yeah. We can get to that. I do. I do like this. It has a nice ring to it, though. President Klobuchar. It very sounds like it sounds like Star Trek or something. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, like Klobuchar is like just yeah. a very stately name. Um, Well, she's got a, a solid... Okay, okay, okay. A solid 5%. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Back to the programming note. Okay. This week, we're going to do a roundup episode. I think down the road, the fans want a dedicated climate change. Yeah. We've been... People have we, been clamoring for it. We, yeah. I've heard a lot of requests from the audience for this episode. We have a lot of hot takes to deliver. We're going to have to be... It's going to have to be a recurring series, obviously, given that... <laughs> this is... Not it's going away. It's a major <laughs> existential problem. <laughs> so we'll, that's definitely coming to work. I do want to talk about that Friends and article so bad. I know. I yeah, really I, do. So we'll, right, we'll, we'll do climate change another time. Yeah, it's definitely on the list. I think that's definitely on the list. Um, so for the people that requested that, uh, don't worry, we're not running from that terrifying topic. We will we will tackle it head on. Yeah. But not this week. Not this. This week. week's been a little bit of, of a a little bit of tumultuous for us both personally yeah just in a st- actually all three of us personally Lauren too mm-hmm. for sure well we can get to that because that actually leads into my next point on the programming note I want to do an episode on quote personal capitalism or the internal I don't that's a that's a that's a that's a, uh, that's a nice provisional name, name yeah. provisional name for the concept of like the way in which we all personally especially I think our generation um are confined by like kind of the nature of our system and like the yeah. the, the, the lives of the, that are, we think are available to us we get like morphed into this very narrow view of what's available to us because of the way the world we live in yeah the economy we were that is very into. quite not it's obviously not true but we kind of get we get so I want to have to do a whole episode on this time. okay taking all three of our per- conversations we, were, we just had like a two hour pre-podcast uh, personal life rundown but basically, taking that what we were all facing and gen- making it into a generic concept and talking about how that's a, like yeah, what we no, think I about like that as a, as, a, as a generic concept. So that's yeah. another episode. Yeah. Just to, as a, that's a teaser right there for the audience. Yeah. So you you'll have to tune in to episode nine or ten or something like that. Yeah. 
if you want to get those hot takes. Okay. So, so this week I ran uh, Democratic primaries, and then I'm going to make so I react to impeachment updates that he hasn't read anything about. Well, yeah, I've seen the headlines, but since that, that's all I've but seen. But I, you know, the, they all blow together now. <laughs> okay. You know, that's that's the re- the real quality um, analysts only read headlines. Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's that's modern day re- uh, academic political researching. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, it, there, there is something to be said for that. We can go into the we have a methodolo- methodological discussion about headline reading as well. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a bunch of content for this week. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with Iran. Um, obviously, the world didn't end. World War Three didn't happen. Uh, Iran did strike back. Where we, we left off, we had done the assassination. We had left. Yeah. We had. We were, we were waiting for the strike back. Yeah. And it happened. Oh, and also a quick uh, note on the last episode. I I just said a bunch of stuff wrong about the history of Iran. So, just I don't even want to. I don't. I don't have a list in front of me or anything. But I can, just apologize. I will just yeah blanket apology for all the <laughs> all the Iranian history that I got like horrific. That we butchered. Today. And that goes for all of us in general. Yeah, we don't. We're not experts. Honestly. Yeah, this, this isn't this our day job. Please don't. Not, have not us. our not our day job. And uh, I think. I, yeah, you know what? Actually, I might back out of that apology. I'm gonna, I, it's, it's, it's an apology, and then I'm going to apologize for the apology, and I'm yeah. going to then come back with a reactionary. No, in fact, I'm not apologizing. Yeah, you know what? Uh, in fact, you guys should apologize to me. <laughs> yeah. How about that? <laughs> you know? I, for the, you should be this, thanking me yeah. for giving you incorrect information, and you having to go through the process of correcting and therefore learning. It's yeah, honestly. Yeah, that's what life's about, yeah. honestly. You yes. know, you, yeah. Why Google when you can speculate yeah. about that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. So, so, uh, Good take. Iran was not in the Ottoman Empire. Do you know that? Yeah. That, that was the big one. That has to be. We both didn't. We weren't sure about that. Well, that goes to the, that goes to the depth and the history of the Iranian you know, kingdom, the nation. Yeah. Or the, uh, the civilization is that they've been this independent civilization for so long. Um, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of like China in that sense. Like the the, yeah. the length of this as an independent like people is pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely. Various iterations of you know iterations of different types of whatever. But like you know, not even the English people. Have, you know, the English people haven't existed that long as a people. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, or the uh, you know X P people. You know, generic people X traditionally don't last this long. Whereas the Quote, you know, Iranian Persian people have been around since literally the beginning of time. Yeah. Not, sorry. Beginning of recorded sorry. history. Misuse of the word literally there. So I apologize <laughs> to the people for that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> literary literally means uh, means figuratively now, according to I think oh, most sorry. dictionaries. Yeah, Merriam-Webster. So okay, that's one of the topic. Yeah. The use and abuse of the English language. Um. So Iran, Iran, we we assassinate Soleimani. Soleimani. Uh, I thought. This was going to lead to catastrophic, catastrophic escalation back and forth. Um, Trump, you know, you did have a wish for a show of stately restraint, you know, royal high ground restraint from Iran. And they did, they did seem to lean into that. They did, you know, I mean, they obviously did so strike back. So they did, they sent a bunch satisfied. of missiles to our and hit a base in Iraq. So a great, bases. I think our, our our boss at work was joking about or said something online where it's like, you know. Uh, U.S. attacks Iran in Iraq. Iran <laughs> responds by attacking U.S. in Iraq. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like Iraq is just like yeah. where we where the where the bodies pile up. Unfortunately, yeah. that's just like the the part of the world that both that we're using to to wage this sort of proxy war. And you know that actually you know that has historical precedent. Unfortunately for the Iraqi people. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Iraqi people are just taught, caught in the middle of it. I just I feel bad for countries like Iraq. I mean, countries like the Ukraine who just get embroiled in our shit, and we're just we're fighting our dumb political battles, domestic political battles uh, over which side, and you know, yeah. and these and countries are just trying to be countries. Getting whiplashed, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. It's like yeah, I'd like to you know kind of have debates over you know fiscal policy. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> And not, not whether it's let's like yeah, let's yell at each other over guns rights. Like let's have that. That'd be a good conversation to have instead of um, whether we support the U.S. troops here or, or the Iranian, the Iranian troops, here. troops here. Yeah. So Iran, Iran launched a bunch of missiles at an Iraqi at so a U.S. base in Iraq. Two U.S. bases got hit. Key points are two U.S. bases got hit. No ca- American casualties. Though I did read a report that some American troops suffered concussions. Yeah, yeah. So I, saw, I saw. Well, I saw an inflammatory Washington Post headline. Trump lied. Yeah, Trump lied. There was. It wasn't a. It wasn't it's like a safe honestly, Washington Post. Please, like, just fuck off. Yeah. Like, no one died. No one else cares about the details. Like, for honestly, all intents and purposes, incredible yeah. restraint by yeah. Iran. Yeah, and also the, the the other key headline is that um, again, on the meme of headlines is that uh, Iran or someone informed the the Iraqi government. Yeah. Ahead of time. Yeah. That these strikes were coming, and and somehow the U.S. knew these strikes were coming. So, the Americans on these bases had cleaned up the base, got all these like sophisticated equipment hidden away under bunkers, and were all like chilling in bunkers yeah. when these things hit. Yeah. So it was like pre. So, yeah. so and of course, I think the the point there is, that, I mean, the speculation is that someone in Iran, by design, leaked this, so that no Americans would be killed. Yeah. Knowing well, they, yeah. they're not trying to get into a war. Well, right they're now. trying to satisfy the the, the, the need political to, requirement to respond against it, a foreign exactly. Power, but, but they also showing that restraint, and so a nice little display of statesmanship there, or at least not so about statesmanship, but um, threading the needle. Yeah, they know? did. Yeah, they did a and, good job. I and, really, and also then Trump also he said if 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 Iran responds, we're going to hit fifty two sites or something idiotic yeah, like that. Um, and they did, and they did respond, but of course. We didn't respond back. So Trump also backed off and said, Iran's standing down. Yeah. Took it as that, took it as a win, and said, okay, now, so now the parties have kind of backed off, and we're kind of at this. Is no one talking about the repercussions of the fact that they accidentally shot down a civilian plane? Well, that's, well, that's, so the that's, other that's huge, the next. That's a good point, Lauren. Yeah, that's like the other huge thing that happened was during this, in between the time when Iran launched those strikes and, you, you know, know we had assassinated Soleimani, uh, a U- of course, Ukrainian plane again. Like literally, just like uh, I know, like Ukraine, the, uh, like, like oh my. I know Ukraine just didn't get the memo and just tried to fly <laughs> over Iranian airspace, and Iran shot that shit down. And an Iranian killed everyone. Iran, uh, the IRGC, so the revolutionary a unit from the IRGC, which I think is important because it wasn't the generic Iranian military uh, unit. It was an IRGC unit, which makes it even more politically sensitive. Shot down the plane. Of course, Iran covered it up to begin with, said it wasn't us. Yeah, blah, blah. Like, got nothing to see here. And then, of course, very quickly, U.S. and Canada and so on and so forth said, eh, I'll get this picture. <laughs> Essentially, like, I caught you. And, uh, of course, so it came out. Big internal repercussions in Iran. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think, so, you know, I think it, it, uh, it's fortunate in some sense. Obviously, it's a tragedy. Yeah. But in this, Trump has stumbled into the U.S. and this, whatever the administration has stumbled into a stroke of luck here in the sense that this has put additional pressure on the regime internally. Yeah. Whereas there was this fear of like in, intense unification behind the regime. Yeah, because it, in response it, to Soleimani assassination, this has fractured that. Yeah. Immediately, and now there's protests back in the street, and 
and the police are killing the protesters, and right back to where we where we kind of where we were a few months ago. Yeah. And that, and so all of a sudden you look at the calculus now, and for for Trump, and he's like, we took out this quote bad guy. We you know, and and this other quote, you know, the two the two guys, both Soleimani and also the uh, the guy with no one knows the name. Of. But he who is the head of the militias in Iraq. Yeah. So we we got these two guys off. We get to claim the win. We took. Iran didn't strike back in any meaningful way, and Iran's still internally yeah. chaotic. Chaotic. And, and so the score sheet for Trump, him, he's got to be like looking at this, going, "Wow, this was a huge win." Yeah, I mean, the American press will give him no credit because they. Of course, they which him, but, yeah, I do think you know, if objectively, this looks good from his view. Yeah, and I think you have to be able to say like, and we're not in war, we're not in war, so he we're managed to like. Iran. We graduated a pressure on the Ayatollah. The Iranian people are protesting. We have, you know, and we established like some like yeah, we've day. established this level of like, you know, quote deterrence. You know, remember we were shitting on Petraeus yeah. last episode because he was like Trump has reestablished deterrence, but it's like, in some sense, it looks that way. Now I, they may have, he may have got lucky with the with the airliner. I'm like that's why I think partially yeah. he got lucky with that. Yeah, T- you know, terribly lucky, tragically lucky, obviously, um, but. I think objectively, you have to look at it and go, it looks pretty good for him now. Yeah. And the question is, where where does U.S.-Iran relations go, go from, from here. here, right? And I think of note, you know, Saudi Arabia has been very, very quiet. Um, you know, I think all the major powers in the, the Middle East have been just Israel sort of really like, quiet. Israel, like, Israel's been off. quiet. Everyone's just sort of been like, let's just see how this shakes out. And it's shaking out, I think, you know, to the detriment of Iran. So Iran, you know, lost this charismatic guy. And we, you know, we were talking about it sort of before the podcast, uh, you know, earlier in the week about is he, is Soleimani replaceable or not? Is, was this actually... To what degree is, like, he uniquely capable of, like, fielding Iran's strategy, yeah, tactics it, in the Middle yeah, East? Yeah, the Iranian, and, like, and militia this, foreign yeah, policy And in the being region. this agent of, you know, quote, chaos if you're from our end or, you know... Yeah, resistance. resistance from the, from yeah. the Iranian view. So, I mean, there's a chance that, like, the militia groups uh, from Hamas, Hezbollah, you know, to, um, you know, all the other the, the, sort of PMUs within Iraq and... The Houthis. All, and yeah, all of, these, all of these conflicts that are happening in the region that Iran has its was backing in. and has its fingers in and had Soleimani sort of organizing... That, that organizing effort, you have to imagine, has diminished considerably without this guy being there. Yeah. And I, you have to imagine that that's going to lead to a you know, diminishment of the importance of some of these groups and their ability to exert you know, Iranian influence in the region has probably been you know, decreasing significantly, again, which, which, again, which is a win for Trump, which is it a has win to for be. the Trump administration. And their view of... Their view and their way that their analysis, perception of the reality in the Middle East—it's like they're looking at this going, "This is a huge win." Yeah, I so think. Where we go from here? I mean, I mean, Trump is talking about. Of course, like, he's always saying, "Let's make a deal." Yeah, he's now let's get deal. back. Let's do a new deal. We need, we need the European countries to come back. We need Russia and China. Let's come on. The last deal was bad. Now that I've escalated shit, I've ratcheted up the pressure. There's Iranian protests. Let's have a new deal. Yeah. Let's have a do new nuclear. And deal. of course. Uh, you know, Iran says no because they can't. You know, from a, I think from a, again that kind of political, internal political yeah. view, it's like that would look. But so I mean, I don't, I, yeah, I don't I do know think how a deal you is get. Dead. I don't. I don't think a, a, a nuclear deal happens. So where does this go from here? I do think. I mean, Iran's already said we're going to start developing weapons. European countries who were in the treaty have 
you know, publicly stated that Iran is now violating the terms of that initial treaty. Yep. They are enriching uranium again. They are going to try to develop nuclear weapons again. They've so we're going to get back to that place. Internally. Yeah, we're going to get back to that place where, I mean, it's hard to remember now, but five years ago, maybe pre-Iran deal, pre the negotiations, because there's about like two years of negotiations to get to that signing, right? Yeah. There was a point where it was like, yo, Israel's about to bomb the shit out of Iran because they're, they, you know, from Israel's point of view, like existentially, Iran can't get a bomb. That's like their point of view. If they get a bomb... Just gonna- a moment on that. Do you think if Iran developed a bomb back then, like they would have dropped it on Israel? I. That's absolutely, it seems absolutely insane. It does seem absolutely insane, but it doesn't... It seems like you, rhetoric. You don't have to drop the bomb for the bomb to be effective as a weapon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The threat of the bomb, the possibility of a bomb changes everything and even if you're if you're, even if forget the israeli iranian kind of conflict i mean if iran has a bomb probably saudi arabia is going to try to get a bomb yeah and it's, you know really like they want a bomb they can get it you know like they're going to get it you know it's just the way it works unfortunately yeah iran can do it north korea can do it pakistan can do it it's like eventually everyone's going to have a bomb right which I mean, is terrifying i mean I, like, the science has like been it, established for a hundred years it's not rocket it really isn't really that complicated yeah I mean, it, is, it literally is rocket science but it's not <laughs> <laughs> turns out rocket science isn't that complicated yeah rocket science isn't that complicated uh, anymore coming yeah. from the phd in chemistry right <laughs> it is complicated for me but not so much for trevor no. um yeah, so I, going back to what, what comes forward next, we talked about it. It's funny, maybe Trump plays bad cop, scraps the old deal, we sanctions, maximum resistance, kill the, kill the Soleimani, blah, 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 blah. Very hard to imagine uh, Iranian regime at this stage coming to the table. But maybe Trump gets out of the office and the Democrat gets to come, comes in and says, let's Be make a deal now. Be yeah. a good, co- good cop. And politically, makes it's possible now to make a new deal. Yeah, and then Iran can save face and say, you know what? We resisted but, Trump. We, yeah, we resisted Trump. Trump was the asshole continuing American But it's different with, with Democrat X, you know? Yeah, and yeah. Um, of course, it depends on who the Democrat is. And, and it depends on how domestic politics shake out in Iran. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really wondering. I mean, they, they quelled the protests that were sort of bubbling six months ago. Yep. They shut off the internet. They did a bunch of crazy shit to maintain their, like, lockdown theocracy within that country, yep. the sanctions aren't going anywhere. So the economic conditions of Iran are going to continue to deteriorate yep. on the ground. The U.S., I mean, you know, we talk, I've talked about it at least, and I, I think, like, sanctions are a form of warfare, obviously, and they're a form of warfare that you can think of as being peaceful in that bombs aren't dropping, we're not destroying but museums certainly and eth- hospitals. ethically ambiguous. Yeah, ethically ambiguous at best. I mean, you are hurting the poorest people in Iran. Like, sanctions do not hurt the Ayatollah, except Directly. by first yeah. hurting the poor people, hoping that the poor people then become so enraged that, that, they, hurt, that, that they hurt the Ayatollah. <laughs> yeah. That's how sanctions work politically, and uh-huh. that's how we wield, that's how we're currently wielding sanctions, is we're ratcheting up that pressure on the Iranian administration to by, by hurting the people who, you know, need the help the most in that country and who would benefit the most, you know, the ones that, that we say, the good Iranians who want democracy, uh, we're sort of fostering that by just so you making will, it Just so that people know out there, there's a lot of quotes yeah. coming in here for Trevor. Quote, democracy, the quote, you know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but, I, I mean, so it remains to be seen whether the Ayatollah, I mean, to what extent can an Ayatollah-led theocratic an, regime yeah. like last in a modern? Well, that's what we always say. Right? It's like how long can any dictatorship last? They're bound to crumble. That's what I, you know. It's like a kind of a. They all have. 
They all have. You know, yeah, communist China's exist lasted for less than a hundred years. Yeah, coming up to their hundred year kind of that's one of the big things that she's like hundred year mark is like. And they, they started liberalizing until she came in and started like ratchet. You know. So yeah, the question but, is how. And it, I mean, especially China has a lot of things going for it that Iran doesn't, right? Yeah. It's bigger and has more leverage. X, it's y, a real Z. economy. Um, North Korea is another. You know, you could. Look, I think they, I ran North Korea is like, similar in that way. Where there's, there's no reason to suspect that you know it would would last. There's no, you know, eventually most things crumble. You know, things fall apart. Like yeah, that's in the, and especially, especially under in the, pressure. In the pressure of modernity. Yeah. The pressure of like social media and like technology, and you, you look at like these modern economies everywhere, and, and then you look at Iran, in, and even in the Middle East, like the, the Arab Spring. You know, right? Like yeah. Um, a lot of long-lasting regimes fell to yeah. that and uh and that was like or fairly organic you know just social media stagnation of living standards lack of democracy blah 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 in tunisia and libya yeah. and you know it's happening in algeria currently to some degree there's these massive protesting that's happening now you know syria or whatever so and it didn't happen in iran but there's no reason to think that it couldn't happen down the road what do and you think is best case scenario for the iranian people well, of course, a liberal West, Western liberal democracy. Yeah. Of and, course, Trevor. And how, and <laughs> that how, is obviously the best thing for all humans. Yeah, and how does that Can't ha- you tell? How does that happen? How does that happen in our No, I mean, here's the fact of the matter is that there's no democracies, there's no history of real tradition of democracy in, the, in Iran. In Iran and, re- and really not in the Middle East broadly. Yeah. Right? You no, know, it's a very Western it, thing. You know, Turkey uh, has a functioning. To, you know, arguably a functioning uh, democracy. Obviously, it's under pressure from Erdogan, but uh, Turkey is different from, you know, Turkey has a much more Western... Yeah, cosmopolitan... Tra- you know, there's tra- tradition yeah. there, and there's the, you know, the, the history of Turkey is really interesting where this guy came in. I'm trying to think of his name. I can't think of it right now. But the guy who basically took over Turkey and secularized it and Westernized it after the Turks, after the Ottomans fell apart. Yeah. Um, can't think of his name. Post-World War II came in, secularized, and kind of westernized Turkey yeah. to a large degree, um, and established what we now know of the, as modern Turkey. Can that happen in Iran? Can, can that you, Can you get, like, I mean, the Ayatollah himself has to die at some point, right? Yeah, he's aging. and, and, and He's a pretty old dude. And but like, they have had a secession. The first Ayatollah also, Grand Ayatollah, passed at some point, too. This is the second. Yeah. So there's a history of succession there, but that's where, you know, risky. That's You'd expect that to be a point where that could crumble. Yeah. And, um... I think the best case scenario for the Iranian people and people across the world would be yeah um, a decay of those institutions and maybe a natural decay. But it's I, I just think it there's too much. The thing with it that is that the IRGC is this armed force, and not only are they armed and deadly, obviously, um, but they have massive financial stakes. Yeah. Um, in the economy. The, they they own and have their branches of that organization. I don't know the details of it, but have vast business interests in Iran, yeah. in the oil and the chemicals and all the major industries. And so, it's not just like it's not just um, ideological, you know, Islamic revolutionary Islamic yeah, like ideology real, going on there. There's also there. there's also that's, dollars at stake, yeah. which obviously at the end of the day motivates most stuff, unfortunately. Um, and if they had and a that's bomb, what you're seeing in like they got a bomb, then it just legitimizes the yeah. those in power. Well, you're seeing it in Venezuela, right? Like Venezuela. Yeah. 
the military in Venezuela is basically a armed um, political group, <laughs> and they, and and they 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 own they have business interests. Yeah. The military leaders have business interests. Yeah. That the and the military is basically just a, uh, a an armed branch of security branch of that. Yeah. And so the the because the military will not flip sides because the military is is the is the status quo like yeah. you know like they are the ones who have the interest that would be toppled by by, by a new uh, regime like a, a Western liberal regime I guess they're not going to flip sides if the army is separate and that does not have financial stake then they could theoretically switch sides yeah um, to maintain the you know but I don't see that happening Do, and so I that, mean, governments means, have gone through that transition though like Brazil the you know military was you know, similarly, had it's that true. Sort of yeah, it's possible. Power and it's certainly a lot of the Latin American, you know, Chile with Pinochet, yeah, exactly. successfully transitioned. Um, that you know, that was that's it's unusual. You know, that's it's a, it's a whole another fascinating discussion about Pinochet. To, to what degree did he enable that? Yeah. You know, which would be like kind of, which is unusual from a dictator standpoint. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think. Short term, I think probably it's just a standoff. I think the best hope for progress to be made is, is when, if, if and when a Democrat gets elected. And then they go back to the bargaining table and say, hey, let's just, you know, they're back-channeling with the Ayatollahs. So, another interesting little point yeah. that's happened over the last time we talked is the king of Oman died. Oh, I didn't know this. So the king of Oman, you know, Oman's like a small country south of Saudi Arabia on the peninsula there next to Yemen, you know, uh, absolute ruler monarchy type situation as well but he's been the ruler of Oman for about 50 years now and he uh, he like really modernized the country and like he's yeah. been like he's very well respected and he's played like a new he's maintained their neutrality so he's not part of like this like the Saudi like group yeah. but he's also not like an Iranian puppet and so he's been a back channel he was this this king and his diplomatic functionaries uh, were key to setting up the back channels that set up the initial negotiations for their first Iran deal. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and so that neutrality was like, he was always been kind of a peacemaker there. Um, he, he's passed. It's a stable, I think it's a stable transition in the sense that he's named a successor and that person's coming in and you know, you know but you, just, you never know. Like that next yeah. person might be. Take that sweet Saudi money. Yeah, I mean, you know, it might be an MBS type yeah. character or who knows, you know, yeah. either way, maybe that he's pro Iran and they go with the Iran. This, yeah. that, that, there's a potential where that, that stable, stability of, of a neutral force to kind of help facilitate talks isn't there anymore. Which, I mean, there's always there's like, just like that human there's element. There's always of the this. Nordic, the Nordic neutrals. You know, I mean, I which, saw that which, like which um, are can be helpful, but that's the, the beauty of Oman is that they're there. Yeah, they have, exactly. you know, they they the yeah. they have relations. The, the human nature of the diplomacy actually has to happen, right? Like you yeah. have to have these people meet and like yeah. not yell at each other, yeah. right? Which is like fascinating that this at the micro level, you need these kind of facilitators. To, to get to the macro fucking yeah. deal, you know, nuclear deal part two, version two. So as long as, if, if Oman, Oman may or may not play that role in the future, but we're, I guess we're, we're thinking that things are going to pretty much hold steady. There's not going to be any more real escalation. Probably Hopefully. the militia units are going to consolidate in some way and, you know, sort of... I think that's what we talk about that. Is active in, in Iraq, in Iraq, uh, the parliament voted to a, a non-binding kind of resolution to 
have all foreign troops leave the nation, country, and after the, after we killed Soleimani. You, but you saw it was not it was it was kind of weird because it was it, so number one it's, it's not finding wasn't there. Yeah, all the Sunnis and Kurds were like we're not participating. We're not we're boycotting it because boycotting they kind of were the ones who oppose Iranian influence. Yeah, and therefore, ta- you know, tacitly, yeah, support American influence. Yeah, because they're a counterweight. So that the so, di- di- the politics of Iraq are not so black and white as all Iraqis want Americans to leave. And it's the prime very, minister is the one who like sort of spread that on, but he's like a he's a caretaker. Yeah, and minister. he's trying to balance all these competing forces as well. Yeah. So we we haven't left Iraq. We I, haven't left. And Trump, in fact, was like, "We're not leaving." Iraq said, "Like, please <laughs> yeah. leave." In response, yeah. and then they, uh, Trump was essentially like, "If you try to force us out, we're going to make you pay for these bases. Yeah. We're going to just start putting yeah. sanctions on you. We're, put, <laughs> yeah. we're just going to trade war you. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Iraq? You want to? Yeah. You want to go the route of Iran? Oh, yeah. good, good fucking luck. We're going to tell us to leave. We're not leaving. Which I, you know, I, th- I think, uh, my view, it's best case. Like I think it would be terrible for um, the Iraqi people, for American troops to leave, or potentially. Now let me paint that scenario. What we're seeing in Lebanon right now. Yeah. Where you have a non-functioning government, incapable of providing even basic services, garbage pickup, electricity, basic rule of law in Lebanon now. Uh, massive protests, right? Massive protests happening in Lebanon, like Arab, Arab uh, Spring-style protests, police shooting people in the streets, beating people, you know, generic, like, uh, the... Uh, the Lebanese government is paralyzed because half the state is run by Hezbollah. Yeah. Uh, the military doesn't is like a, it's only half the country. The rest of it is run by Hezbollah's military branch and Hezbollah's business interests and, and political interests. And yeah. and the country is paralyzed. Whether you think uh, the ideological you know resistance against Israel thing is legit, whatever. Set that aside. The point is having this shadow government of a foreign nation yeah. whose interests lie with the foreign nation and whose direction comes from this foreign nation is terrible for the people of Lebanon. So I don't... Iraq doesn't have a Hezbollah. Doesn't have that. But the... What do you... I view the PMUs, these militia units, as Iran's army in... But they're not as consolidated. They don't they're have not, the same they don't, history. I, they they're not the political... Totally, totally. I, a lot, it's very different. But the, the analogy Solomon, remains is, yeah, is if American sure. troops leave, American troops leave, there's this armed wing yeah. in Iraq that is commanded by Iranian generals, basically, and reports to Iranian, in, you know, commands, and has, you know, they they have part, they have part, their parliament, they have people in parliament that are basically Iranian puppets. Yeah, you know, but that are basically the the political side of the PMUs, right? That that's where that could go very very easily. I view that it as, is it, I, the, possibly. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things with Iran now. You know, I mean, Hezbollah is sort of established now. Hezbollah is like a political but, but, force. But that 1980, and, like yeah. that's Iran founded Hezbollah. They did. This sure. is like this is like sure. this is tried Iran to do playbook. Not, Iran is not 80s Iran right now, right? Totally. We're just talking about what like you have to think about holistically in yeah. Iranians' domestic politics right now, mm-hmm. where you have a, a sizable population. Yeah. I think it, I, I think it's safe to say, mo- and we said this last time, most Iranians. Probably very against the Soleimani killing. Maybe you know, I, from a, yeah, from just a, from a, from this is a political figure in our country. Is this assassination? Can't kill us, yeah, whatever. Then like the, but I think there's a, also this sizable population there that is wants to modernize, wants to like join the world stage. I mean, rejects the Ayatollahs yeah, and rejects like, like the like Islamic fundamentalism. Like yeah. wants to be able to like ha- like women like want to be able to not wear heads heads headscarves, yeah, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, and simple. Those are mutually 
exclusive. No, they're not. So they're it's not. like these are just like, like eternally like sort of influence. Iran has its own crazy complex politics. And just so like they're we do. sanctioned. Yeah. They're sanctioned. They have. They want to ramp up their nuclear program. They just lost their chief strategist. Yeah. The Ayatollah's political power is sort of suspect. You know, suspect right now. Is this? Can he really wage Pull a that off an in Iraqi Iran. influence campaign of the magnitude needed to say no? Iraq is now just Iran's little brother. I don't think so. I don't think yeah. there is that political clout. I don't think there's that economic capability. Truly, and I agree. I don't, so if we but that, pull out, the point that threat is, is there. That threat is there. I, I think it behooves us to try to keep that from happening. Not just say, not just pull out and say, eh. Looking at the analysis, because no matter how much analysis you do, you don't know. Right? Do you think you, the only you way to keep that from happening is to have American troops there? I don't, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. No, no, I don't believe that. I, but I do believe still... American troops certainly are one way to yeah. help mitigate that in yeah. some way, if if done correctly. Right? I'm not. Yeah. Sure. Obviously, you know, take Trump out of the equation, but just in general, that's certainly a way to promote influence yeah. and to exercise influence and power. And, and um, like for example, we train the Iraqi army. That keeps the Iraqi army from becoming, theoretically, um, you know, it helps the Iraqi army be a counterweight to the PMUs, right? Right. Or stuff like that helps. Um, so I don't know that... And the PMUs have to run... Do the PMUs have the same sort of economic... They don't have, like, the economic club that, like, Hezbollah has, right? Well... I mean, maybe they're getting they're money newer. from Iran, you know, they're but Iran newer. is itself hemorrhaging money right and now. Of course, and also the PMUs... I think there's a couple of things that are... Number one, Iraq's massive relative yeah. to Lebanon. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Two, there's a history of antagonism between the Iraqi people and Iranian people in the of the Iraq-Iran war. Yeah. So there's a nationalism, anti-Iranian nationalism that exists that probably didn't exist in Lebanon that yeah, allowed them to exactly. kind of sneak in a little bit easier. Yeah. And there isn't the motivating ideological struggle of the Israel, Israel yeah. right next door, which is the foundational premise of Hezbollah. Right. So there's a lot of reasons why that analogy doesn't work, I admit. But I think it's important to keep in mind in the sense that that playbook exists. If Iran could, that's what they would do. Yeah, I think to your point, like Iran's number one foreign policy goal is to get the United States out of Iraq. So and that to, they can like exert their own influence over And run their own little, yeah, do whatever right. the fuck they want to do. Yeah, so that's like, it would be very much to, you know, the goals of the Ayatollah and the Iranian regime for the U.S. to pull out of Iraq. Yeah. And for us to say, we're going to take a back seat and just provide funding. Or like, or like whatever, just you know, like good infrastructure luck projects, yeah, or even just cut ties completely and say like, you just have our embassy there and be like, all right, you're just like anybody else, like good luck. Yeah, let us know if you call, give yeah. us a call. What I mean, I, I think it's, it's very attractive, like get our troops out of Iraq, blah blah blah, like domestically too. We I think yeah. we'll pivot too, but, um, that's that's the that's the that's the constraints of you know foreign policy. It's very tricky dilemmas that we are that you, if you're interested in what's good for the Iraqi people, right? Which I think. Yeah. We are worth coming from that angle. Um, so that's where I'm trying to come from. It's like, what do Iraqis want? And I know most Iraqis would love to have a functioning nation state that represents the Iraqi people. That's sovereign. Yeah, the lights come on every night. People and there's no sectarian conflict. They like don't have to worry. Basic stuff. Yeah, no sectarian conflict. There's not. It's not an Iranian puppet government, and it's not a U.S. puppet government. Some self-determined. That's Iraqi, all there. But the, that's yeah. what they want. How does that? Happen? How do you get there? How do you get there? I mean, and to what degree can any American policy really facilitate that? Or should you know, should yeah. we just wash our hands of it and say, you know, we whatever? Yeah. I think I don't think washing our hands of it and just pulling out and saying good luck <coughs> is as ethically superior as it might appear in, in the first glance. It's superior because like we, you know, get our troops out of there. War is bad. Blah blah blah. Yes, there's a, there's a, there's a moral value there, but I also think just I think it creates less antagonism too. I think it creates less conflict. de-escalation. It de-escalates violence, a lot of that totally, stuff. but yeah. also just yeah. you know it doesn't you know it isn't necessarily 
going to solve the problems and no, like it's I not mean, as I, it's, I think and, we, we and running them to invest a ton of money I do too and American tax dollars but also into, just sending money doesn't work either, no 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 right? you can't nation build and, and you know look at Afghanistan you know it's like you just I mean, bombing them with money Afghanistan, totally totally yeah, I'm just saying like obviously every, but there's no version of us just pulling out and be like yo here's 500 billion dollars like no that money's just going to go to the corrupt leadership and the people are going to go wait a minute like yeah. here we are yeah so that's it's just hard yeah. There's no silver bullet, so um, things are looking bleak for Iraq uh, as, for the as they have been for the last couple decades. Um, but I do think, but it is nice that I think the Iranian crisis, if you want to call it that, yeah. over the last few weeks, is looking I'm glad, less ugly. I'm glad the temperature has come down totally. a bit there. That I think that's be. just great for the world. I genuinely thought, in my heart of hearts, that this was going to ra- this was going to ratchet up, and even if not a hundred percent chance that was going to happen, I thought that was like seventy percent. We're at least going to get. Iran's gonna kill some Americans. We're gonna kill some Iranians. Yeah. It's gonna go yeah, tit for tat until eventually we hit some sort of like, you know, war or no war. Period. I did not expect it to just simmer. Yeah, to simmer so quickly. I did see another article too. I mean, we were talking about you know Iran maybe let us know that they were gonna launch the missiles. I also saw something that like we back channeled through the Swiss that like hey, uh, please don't don't like kill Americans. Please, because we want like it was American American foreign policy and American State Department officials. I think maybe even unbeknownst to Trump, what it's like, like we don't know what he's gonna do. But just it's like, gonna get ugly. It's gonna get ugly. Like please, just keep your response measured, and we will do everything we can to keep our response measured. Yeah. Like both sides. Be like, were like, wait, we got these hotheads up here. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah, the yeah trenches. and Trump literally tweeting at each in other in the diplomatic right trenches. People are like yeah, working exactly. to like keep the these. state, the state, the state, uh, state officials from both countries and all the like, all the European countries and yeah. everyone's just like, please, U.S., <laughs> please, Iran, don't do what it looks like you're about to do. Yeah, yeah. And Which, I'm glad they and they're heroes, heroes. And, un, un, unknown heroes. You know, all yeah. those people sending all those frantic emails at late hours and shit. Like, thank you to for thank you for your service. They yeah. don't get that enough. <laughs> yeah, for but, sure. For keeping world peace happening. It was crazy in that moment. I remember I was sitting in bed. It was at night on in the U.S. It was at <coughs> night when this was happening when those missile strikes happened. Yeah, I was like, and, here we go. And I was on Twitter, right? Yeah. I'm on Twitter, and I'm like, and dude, if you do like, if you search, it was cr- the amount of disinformation and misinformation yeah. that was like, it was like thirty. I texted missiles. Trevor. I texted you because I was like, dude, it's happening because there was reports of like people saying missiles are raining down, mass casualties, like all these like, yeah. like American st- stealth fighter jets are in the air, like it was all over the like. And so, like, I, I, you know, the IRGC that shot down the airliner, right? If, the, if any of them were, like, reading fucking Twitter, yeah, it looked like, it, I mean, it, you could have read a tw- dozens and dozens of tweets that were saying mass casualties, catastrophic damage, American fighter je- stealth jets are in the air, F-22s are headed to, like, Iraqi airspace now. Like, I was like, oh, it's happening. Like, casualties on our side, we're responding. Yeah. Fighter jets are going to get shot down. We're going to bomb them. Tomahawks are flying. Here we go. Like... Aircraft carriers are getting involved. It's not going to be in Iran. Like, way we, like we're, this, we're at a I was. It was like I'm scrolling through, and of course, it ended up being not you know not any of that. You know, no category, whatever, as we just described. But in the moment, watching that misinformation flow on Twitter, it's cra- as a side note, just yeah. like the craziness of Twitter as a. Missing, so the missing, it's, it was, I mean, it was my Thank God that's not what the State Department uses to, Thank God, to I mean, learn facts on the ground. Yeah, it was it's nuts. Really I mean, I was just like, basically, actually, it was funny because I did read the New I was basically re- resorted to just re- seeing what the New York Times was posting. Because at the as very least... As much as we shit on them. Yeah. As much as we, I shit on the New York Times. Like, I was like, 
at the very least, like, they're not going to say, like, so disinformation, you know, yeah, like, so, yeah. like, they're going to report what the Pentagon says, and, like, at least that's, like, that, that's good yeah. enough for me at this point, because the, the amount of stuff that I was reading from non-check marks, even a few check marks, <laughs> yeah. was crazy. Yeah. I was, like, I was honestly, like, we're about to see the toppling of the yeah. Iranian government, like, like, like the missile, civil like, war yeah, happen like, in the this Middle is East. It. Like, like, it was, and it was a scary moment. Um, the IRGC becomes the second the Shia version of ISIS and starts bombing <laughs> the, the Middle East, yeah. conquering cities. And so, yeah, we'll see. I, you so know, there is away from that shit. Okay, let's pivot. Let's pivot. Well, let, before we pivot, let's just think about. I just want to think about where we stand in the Middle East right now, because tr- you know we were laughing about this too. I think we both listened to this Fareed Zakaria podcast where he was given the sort of mainstream take on like Trump's foreign policy. I do think it's like silly to the point of ridiculous. To try to like frame Trump foreign policy in a coherent, Co- coherence. like, like uh, from a like a, like a strategic. Yeah, here's like, someone who thinks deeply my, about yeah. the world, and, and like here's and his has like, a theory of foreign policy from first principles, and which and then yeah. policy is flowing downstream of yeah. first principles. The way like, like an Obama or a, even a Bush administration or a, like a conceivably Fareed, like at least like, tried to think yeah, about the world. The way the DC crowd thinks about foreign policy to try to frame Trump's foreign policy in that way is honestly hysterical. But so Fareed was just hitting like the main bullet points he's like all right so we pulled out we left the Kurds we abandoned the Kurds in Syria, in Syria because then, we don't want to get out of the desert we want to get, get out of the desert we want to save bring the troops lives. Out, yeah but then we we sent those same troops to guard the oil fields <laughs> in in Syria and sent additional troops to Saudi Arabia to guard their oil fields to guard their oil fields but Saudi Arabia uh, paid for it so it's chill yes yeah, so Saudi Arabia is <laughs> paying us so now our, our our military is just like some mercenary force for for Saudi Arabia to protect their their oil interests. Trump has literally been saying in press conferences, uh, "Yeah, we'll probably take the oil." I mean, it just makes sense. Like we're already there. Why I don't not? want to fight the wars, but I do want to take the oil. And everyone, everyone, even the Fox News hosts are like, Horrified. "Please stop saying this out loud." You're not supposed. This is what this is like a Michael Moore talking point during like <laughs> yeah. peak Iraq war. Yeah. Like we're not supposed to say we're here to take your oil. That's like that's some Hitlerian like yeah. we're gonna establish some world empire shit. You can't. Sorry, we need your resources. Yeah, you know, sorry, we're just gonna come in and just take your cobalt, China. You know, yeah. like you can't just take resources from a country. And Trump just keeps saying it in press conferences. All the Fox News, Fox and Friends hosts are like. Well, you know, I know you're saying take the oil, but you don't really mean it's like, no, 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 I really mean, like, yeah, we might, we might not, but I think we should it pay for itself. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to fight the wars, but, like, we're already there. we got to get the oil. That's the whole reason we're there, right? And everyone's like, no, no, stop it. Stop, stop saying that. Stop saying that. Supposed to, that's supposed to be the quiet part. That's the classic Trump speaking truth, like, by accident. Yeah. And, like, shattering, like, institutional, like... Yeah, oh, the, uh, the yeah, illusion like, of legitimacy yeah, of some yeah. of our foreign policies. Yeah. All this stuff that's been whispered which, about, you know, which, I, which I think is probably good for the country. Yeah. I hear some of this stuff out loud from the president. The classic Trump like stumble. Yeah, it's just hilarious. Yeah, so we're 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 taking oil, I guess, from some parts of the war torn Syria. Well, and, okay, so let's let now let me do my uh, my coherence, uh, my the the, the uh, exercise in creating some veneer of coherence over this. We're in Syria. The oil in the northern Syria fields. Are northwest Syria, northeast Syria, where we were with the Kurds, right? We helped them conquer all that territory from ISIS. We're like, yo, we're not going to get into into the Kurd, Turkey feud. No, and that's ugly. The, Sorry, we're out. Yeah. Sorry, guys, to you're the on your own. To the of the Kurdish people. Yeah, yeah. but and you know, and to the applause of our our Turkish quote ally. Yeah. Um, so arguably, it's a tough decision. We've made it. Okay. Yeah. Now there's this oil in Syria, not a ton, but. but 
oil. Enough to finance ISIS. ISIS used it. Yeah. It's a great effect. Sold it to Turkey. Turkey was like, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so we could give it, or we could let Assad get it. I'm, it's arguable to say it's good policy because if if anybody gets the oil, it's best that we get it. <laughs> no, leave me out. I'd rather us get it than Assad. So what does it even mean for or, us to get the oil? Because it's like, Exxon's not going to come Yeah, in. yeah. Exxon's not, not like... Their name on. I don't even know. I, was, I have no idea. I have no I idea what it even means. It's not like there's like a, a marine there like taking like, so, like uh, you know, selling the oil to Trafigura and Trafigura is like, you know, washes it and like sells it to Glencore and Glencore sends it, sells it to Shell yeah. and next thing you know it ends up in the US. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, like, prices go down. No, yeah. I don't know how the oil, what it means for us to take the oil other than that I guess we're... Regarding the oil fields. Regarding the oil fields. But presumably the oil, there are production facilities there. Active. That the are oil active. is going somewhere. Oil's, Someone's getting paid. Yeah. I, I don't Someone's know. Someone's getting paid and it's, it's safe to say that Amer- some Amer- American companies are getting a cut of it somehow. somehow. Presumably. Presumably. And that's probably, and your point is, that that might be better than some local PMU or coming in there and Asad, being like, you know, like Assad can use it to like build some more barrel. PMU. Uh, what? PMU. PMU is the uh, paramilitary unit. Yeah. In, in Iraq, I think that's what it stands for. It's like a little, mo- yeah, these little militia groups. It's, it's like umbrella term to describe all these various militia groups. Yeah, that have like political party. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's pivot to okay. domestic politics, and we can transition in the sense that. Going back to that initial like accounting of the damage done, it, I think this is overall. I feel like this was a win for Trump domestically. I think the people are too confused to, to sort out winners. I think the de- the left is saying no, it was horrific foreign policy without offering any alternatives, and I think the right saying like yeah, we did it, we yeah, like, yeah. deterred, we got the bad guy, we killed that guy, we get the oil, like fuck it, yeah, and, no, I, let it ride, and he, no and, new wars, yeah, like, and no new wars, like yeah, life's no good. Wars. So I think like the yeah, obviously Fox News is singing the praises. I don't, I don't know like if you look at the polls yeah, or anything, if it's, if it's statistically relevant. Yeah, it's like is it as any more meaningful? Did it change anyone's mind in this country? Did it move I, the needle in terms I of electoral? Think so. yeah. I don't even know what changes people's minds <laughs> in this country anymore though. I mean, if we, I, I do know, had we escalated to a point of that a real war. I think it would have I been think that would have been that would have been a turning point. So in that sense, because he didn't get into a war, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a, a loss. It's not a loss. Certainly not yeah, a loss. It's, it's status quo almost. Like yeah. chaotic I, I, Trump foreign policy. I, I think I'd argue that you're arguing that objectively, whether it changed minds or not, this was a like a foreign policy a win, win yeah. for the United States because no war, bad so guy gone. Someone had to on the margin. Iran's got Iranian to. regime su- suffering. Probably some neocons in Washington D.C. were like, "Yeah, this is kind of nice." I'm not yeah, we were joking about John Bolton, <laughs> just like he's on the outside looking in. <laughs> he's like, "Wait, okay, I won't testify if you bomb. I if you bomb Iran." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what? I, I actually don't have bad things to say about Trump. Yeah, just yeah. hire me again, and let's get this thing going. Uh, I thought we were going somewhere. Okay, yeah, so, so pivoting to domestics. So Democrats are are like, and this, you know, I didn't watch the debate. You did. So you tell me what was. Well, there was a whole. This was right after this whole thing happened. Right after this whole thing happened, and there so wasn't a war. What are the Democrats goes, saying? You know, care to comment? And you know, everybody's like, let's go back to the. How was it framed? How did CNN frame it? I did, I missed the I missed the framing. Okay, okay. presumably it was atrocious. It was it like loaded? Trump bad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Trump I'm bad, right? Basically, yes, the answer was comment? yeah. <laughs> Which you know, fair enough. But yeah. uh, I, but I felt answers. Like, I felt like the answers were pretty um, juvenile. You yeah. know, in the sense it's basically like Klobuchar, for example, was like, "Well, I would talk with Iran. I would talk, and we would get the deal done. Go back to the deal. Like everyone wants to go back to. The everyone deal. wants to go back to the deal because fair enough, that's a legitimate policy standpoint. But the deal's done. It's yeah. not there anymore. So 
We well, talked you, about. It. I mean, I think there is an opportunity. So let's just but, say, but, like, the Democrats could get. But the no deal one said that. Again. No one said like. No one at, went out there and like had a, like was like, well, Iran's under a lot of pressure right now. There's an opportunity. The old deal is done, and it had some drawbacks, but it had a lot of positives. And uh, with the pressure that I will take when when I come on to play, I'll, I will give Iran an opportunity to come to the table by taking off Trump's uh, sanctions and offer a fig leaf. Or offer an okay, so what, no not one, a fig leaf. Not, olive branch. Olive branch. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll edit that part out. Um, yeah. I think you can I, say no fig leaf, but I don't know. Whatever. No one. No one. So they didn't no articulate one had, that. So no one. Arti- it was like so everyone's not like, even like get back in the old deal. It was just like like I was like I was just unimpressed. Now, what did Pete say? Pete's just like I don't know. You know, he just said. Uh, they all said they want to go back to the deal. Everyone get back wants to go back to, to the, the deal. deal. That's dead. I'm like, guys, like... Everyone wants to know Iran did not have a nuclear weapon. Fine. Though I did... You know, I don't think anybody... I think most people... I think Pete was definitely, like, pro, like, yeah, Soleimani's bad guy. We droned him. Nice. Yeah. Well, I know I think when, when it little, happened, all the candidates have to, said stuff like, this guy was really awful, but you shouldn't assassinate <laughs> political figures <laughs> yeah. from other countries. Yeah. That I mean, was like, sort of the... And the, also, it's like, the, the whole, like... Consensus that emerged... <laughs> Oh, that was the left. There's always got to be a critique yeah. on, on Trump. Yeah. God forbid you say anything good about him. And, yeah. You know, I don't mean obviously he's a horrific. I, you know, what I, I mean, it's, it's pretty transparent how I feel. But it's incredible to me that you can't grant him any win. <laughs> and he's done this to himself too. It's just like the nature of the political, domestic politics right now, where it's like if you give Trump an inch, he'll take a mile. Yeah. So if if Nancy Pelosi said, well. You know what? I don't agree with Trump on ninety nine point nine percent of things, but I'm happy Soleimani's gone. Trump would have taken that shit and yeah. eaten that <laughs> yeah. every Democrat. Yeah. So he doesn't allow you to take to give him credit. Yeah. And so by definition, then all the Democrats have to say everything he does is bad. Yeah. They have, and they to, have to come up with this weird like like framing of the issue <laughs> where it's like, well, we don't want to say Soleimani was good because he's not. He's a bad guy. We are glad he's dead. We wish we didn't kill him in this way. Yeah. We wish we had killed him in the field of open combat, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, we should have started a war, a proper war, so that it was legit fair or target. Or don't kill him, <laughs> but just keep killing the people under him yeah. and, and engage in the proxy wars with yeah. the militia. Oh, and also there's the whole thing. is like they have no... There's no coherent... And there's also no room side. to... You know, Obama's the king of drone strikes, right? Like, yeah. There's no room to be I know. Like, yeah, yeah, so you can't even like, well, it's bad that Trump's like using can't, drones. Yeah, this is... He didn't even have the authorization of the Congress to do this strike. It's like that was something that came out of it that I thought was good. Is that I saw Republican and Democratic leader. Well, so Democrats I think threw out a resolution on the House floor that was like Trump needs to get our approval to go to Iraq. Non-bonding, binding resolution. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi's like it has teeth because it comes from Congress. I'm like oh, also like sorry, bro, but um, this House doesn't get to decide foreign. Po- it's like the Senate yeah. is the only one who votes on military. Yeah, like the House and, is legitimately like not. Relevant. And there were some GOP senators who said who came out. Mike Lee came out. No, Mike Lee was it yeah, Mike Lee. Mike Lee, Mike Lee and then Rand like Paul. Of course, which, yeah. We, you know, nice to see some consistent libertarian <laughs> thought there. But they both came out and said like the briefing we got from the White House after the fact after this assassination was the worst briefing we've ever received. Totally insufficient. There was no justification for this. There's actually a pretty good case to be made in and at the Hague. Or uh, for like a war crime, so yeah. I think Iran is taking us to the International Criminal Court for a war crimes case, yeah. like by assassin. Not that like good thing we uh we caught that shit. Yeah, we don't <laughs> yeah, we don't care about the Inter- International Criminal Court anymore. Yeah, um, we made our own rules. 
Yeah, we make our own rules. So anyway, so Democrats are incoherently saying Trump bad. I would do better by doing something that Obama totally did because yeah. Obama's good. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's, that's basically what it comes down policy. to. It's like I would, I would go back to Obama era where we drone strike. Which, to be fair, from a domestic consumption standpoint, for like, let's talk like nomination process, right? Yeah. Foreign policy just does not factor into people's like it just it does on the fringes in the sense that like people don't like war. Yeah, like, that's all. That's the only. That's the only. And, and so like obviously everybody's about. against going to war, so that's fine. Bring back our troops. Everybody wants to like spend less money on war and swords and the plowshares type shit. You know, like mm-hmm. that's like that's pretty straightforward. Everybody's against it. The minutia of foreign policy that we kind of like, for example, just talked through over the last hour. Yeah. There's absolutely no appetite, appetite yeah. for that conversation because you know most people don't even can't even find Iran on a map right like so yeah I don't think it necessarily hurts any of these nominees it just is funny from our standpoint yeah I think politically so, I think the only thing I will say is that there is a sort of like you know like the, the ad I think I think Hillary ran an ad at one point like it's 3 a.m. and they show the president waking up and picking up the phone like who do you want to be the commander-in-chief type feeling yeah like who do you trust with the butt with the yeah. Now clearly, to some degree, that's irrelevant since we gave it to the ma- the madman. <laughs> uh, but I do think that is a sense for some people. They take that into they account. They want a like, serious person. They want that's, a serious that's person. That's as much as people think about foreign policies. They want a serious person who is thinking about the issues that they don't want to think about. Yeah. So and in that sense, making the right decisions. Who do you think benefits in that arena? Like I suspect, I believe, for example, that probably there's a lot of voters who say like they don't trust Bernie on that issue. Because he's such a, like a you know ideological warrior, I do think a lot of people actually vote for Bernie on a foreign policy standpoint. Though the Bernie people love Bernie on that front yeah, that's because the thing, is like the, he's so anti-war. The hard left is like very so anti-war into Bernie's foreign policy, and I would argue even. But I think the center left very much is against is Bernie against for, that, his for, that, for that exact yeah, reason. So there's I, like a very there's a conflict yeah, center exactly. around and Bernie. I will say Bernie at least I th- I mean you you think he has no command of foreign policy, but I would say that he at least spe- yeah. he, he speaks to it. With a, co- a cohesive view in a way that I don't think like Biden has, for instance. Like I don't. Yeah, I think I think he has an ideologically cohesive in a sense. Like he's got an ideology. He's like really, that's all it comes. Yeah, to the him. idea he's that he's like idea. war is bad, pull out. Yeah, like, you know, and like generic like work with allies. Work with allies, you know, yeah. which is like I don't mean, tell countries how to run their governments. Like so, yeah. don't don't sanction people. Don't like drone strike people. So I, like, and he's consistent on that. He's yeah. been saying the same shit for however many decades. So I, I, he does have that. I think that speaks to a lot of people's concerns. I do think it's not the... I don't think it's like a big chunk of the party, though. I think it's like 50-50 maybe or something, where there's also the part of the party that Once very much more, is like kind of more generic, institutional, yeah. you know, center-left, uh, you know, Obama, Hillary, Biden-style... I think Buttigieg is probably in there. Klobuchar, probably you'd see the same foreign policy from her. I think here's a good question is, where does Warren stand on that? See, I think Warren doesn't she's a total foreign policy. And she did. She fumbled the Iran question at first. Like, I felt like her question was like... Can you remember any of the answer? What it, like, no, it, it, it again, it was like, all that same stuff. But just it, she like just... They, it, it was not coherent. Like, you know how art, clearly articulate she is when she talks about healthcare. Yeah. Or, uh, or some of these th- issues that she has a strong command of, like you can see, it's like, like whoa, corporate it's finance. In, yeah, it's impressive. Like you're like, whoa, something. this person knows what she's talking about. She's got her issues. She's got she policy has, prescriptions. Yeah. None of that. It's yeah. gone. You know, it's, she looks. She looks like senile Biden trying to form a sentence. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like in the sense that like, she was not able to. 
and it was stark just because you're used to seeing her in such command of the issue. Yeah. Um, it was like, well, which I think is, is true. I think she probably just doesn't, she doesn't have experience in the foreign policy side, just objectively on her resume. Yeah. What, about, what about Yang? Did he say anything interesting? He wasn't on the debate. He wasn't on the debate. It was only Biden, Bernie, Warren, uh, Klobuchar, Buttigieg, Owen, <laughs> Tom Steyer, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your Tom friendly Steyer. neighborhood billionaire, uh, was on the stage. Tom yeah. Uh, yeah, that's you know, it's embarrassing for the Democrats that he's on there and Andrew Yang isn't. And so Mike Bloomberg's also involved, right? But he's just not participating in the debates, and he's just. So the thing is, for funding. Mike Bloomberg, the the, qu- the qualifying criteria is the number of individual donations. Like you have to have some X yeah. number of individual donations, and he's got zero. Yeah. He's got one, which is his money. Yeah, he's spending I've his. He's spent a quarter billion dollars so far. Yeah, and he's to to he said he's he said he's willing to spend a billion dollars to beat Trump, of his own money. And that's just like, I mean, we've talked about this before, but... Which I'm like, honestly... Yeah. Why, don't, why aren't billionaires just spend a billion dollars fixing the rainforest? Spend like, a billion dollars on, on buy, a highway? Buy a billion dollars worth of the Amazon. Yeah. Go do that right now. Just preserve it. And like, and then spend like $200 million a year on like some like private security force and guard it. You've, doing, you've done more from the climate than you will ever do as a president. Yeah. I mean, or I don't know, maybe not. Maybe that's I mean, too it's more, a, yeah, you know, spend a like, billion dollars like funding basic research for like carbon solar panels and, and batteries tech. Yeah, or energy tech. Yeah, like, whatever. Please, bar- yeah, I, I totally agree. The billionaires, fuck, I hate them. Um, I don't actually. I'm not not a Bernie in this, but in that sense, that like that egomania. That yeah. the only way for me to spend this money is for me to be the president. Yeah, that's what that's what's needed you know. It's right like now. take this billion dollars, shut up, yeah, and go. F- Go do something with it. If Go I preserve, like, if I had a billion dollars, I would buy up, like, all these beautiful ecological systems that I know are in danger of being, you know, just paved over with, you know, concrete, you know, put a Walmart on it, and yeah. I would preserve them. Like, yeah. in, in from, I'm from Maine, like, like, in Maine, there's all these beautiful islands and, like, ecosystems that you could just buy and preserve for perpetuity, put yeah. into a trust and don't, you know, to a, a conservation trust and basically save that land for all of our, you know, perpetuity from being developed nah election ads <laughs> nah it's, it's frustrating about, it's I think that's such ads. good use of that money like I, yeah. I in some sense it is obviously you do want to uh, you know create structural change but I, you know it's well it, so so let's go over I mean so we got the two billionaires who are running they're obviously not going to win I don't even think it's worth talking about it's hilarious they're spending their money in this way really I mean Klobuchar is there any real hope let me just go through the candidates Klobuchar any hope in your mind of her so somehow- she does pull Reasonably well in Iowa. There's like I think in Iowa right now. I think she's at six or something though. Yeah, but it's like so it's like twenty percent up high with a Biden and Bernie and Warren. And I think Buttigieg are kind yeah. of like those up four in those, are like twenty twenty sixteen sixteen something like that, right? Yeah. Probably within the realm of yeah, you know, it's noise. They're gonna be first through fourth. Probably, and then Klo- but Klobuchar of all everybody else, she is next up because she's just north of there is Minnesota, right? And she's a senator from Minnesota. That's her territory. She has some sort of like next door neighbor good feels, and also she just that's her constituency to a certain degree. Her, you know, so I think she pulls b- above where she. But it's not about like okay, she's she's like people are like fine with her because I think people are fine with her. But is there any? Is she gonna win any primary? Yeah, like right, like is what, she gonna be the number one candidate? So here's what I think would happen. Here, maybe her path to victory is you know Biden's aging <coughs> rapidly. There's a real chance. You know, by the time we get to the next debate, he can't form a coherent sentence. You said it was really bad on the Dude, debate. Dude, I can't believe people are allowing him to go up there. It's so bad. Like, debate, t- like, just from the beginning of the debate season, like, each debate he's gotten more senile. Like, it's really, it's really not good. It's like, people, how is he still pulling a 20? 
It's just people who haven't watched anything. And they're and like, yeah, he was the vice president. They're still remembering clips from him in 2010. He's like, it's... America is nothing without brand recognition. Yeah. <laughs> and he is a brand. Biden is a brand. And he got that sure. Obama good feels, like, yeah. you know, passed on to but him. But it, it is like, he's losing that, right? It, I, you know, obviously he says enough stupid things, eventually you think it goes away. But, um... He, comes he down also just like, he issues. looks like, just like, I'm watching, I'm like, dude, this guy cannot... He, you can see him as he speaks doing that, like, that old person thing where they're trying to, like, pull out the files from their database in their head. Yeah. And, like, use it to form this, the idea and use to pick, find the words. And, like, he can't, he's, you can see him squinting, like, struggling, maxing out the last of his neurons to, like, to, like, string together, like, and, like, dude, it's, like. I always wonder how many times you can say, look. And want to yeah, answer to a question. Exactly. Yeah, that is look. his thing. He's like, look, listen, look, look. here's what we got to do. No, listen listen yeah. here. The thing, of it, the thing of it is. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, so he, if, you know, he's a centrist candidate. He's generically centrist. So if he somehow stumbles. Um, he's still maybe, ahead in like a number of states. I mean, he yeah. could like win South Carolina and he's just, his campaign's just going to keep going. Keep he could, I mean, he's very, he's probably the best chance of winning right now. Honestly, still. I mean, I know polls will say that, but, but we'll, you, and we'll see what you know. I, I think you know we'll see to what degree these polls show up, right? Like, we'll, yeah. you know, it's like that's always the thing. It's like in Iowa, we'll see if he wins Iowa and he goes and he wins New Hampshire and then he fucking wins South oh Carolina. God, it's like, dude. yo, Biden twenty twenty, here we go, it's happening. So it could very well shape up that way. Um, I so think, I think in which will, case, if, if yeah. he does win, the vice presidential nominee is going to be crucial because it's going to be a Dick Cheney type situation where he's going to. Whoever is in that vice president seat, I think, is going to exert a lot of influence. And also, there's like a fifty percent chance they take away the president when he dies. Um, just because I mean, that's that's you know, it's kind of crude, but it's like he's old. Um, so I think that's going to be interesting when that if that does happen. So that's Biden. So he might have legs. We might. It's really going to depend on these first three elections. I know he's pulling ahead in South Carolina still. I think in he's Iowa, competitive in Iowa, New Hampshire. Iowa, he dropped to number two. Now seen. I think as of today on Monday. The, and I think Bernie's you know. the other. You know, I think so Bernie, Bernie has like Bernie somehow has made a accelerating. gap. He made a gap. He's. He's past Warren. He's like statistically significantly like trending higher than her in the polls. I think Warren, you know, we, you know, Lauren and I will like watch Young Turks to like catch up on stuff, and like their their whole take on Warren's. She's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, is that she like she pivoted away from like her progressive base? That she was like, I'm the young like I'm the more like uh, mechanistic progressive. Biden or Bernie's just like the ideologue. Yeah, and I've so got like, plans for that. I've got plans and blah, blah, blah. And now she's sort of pivoted away from that and has now been doing some more like generic campaign, like mainstream campaign shit, trying to be more of a centrist, uh, I think, a bit. And, and now it's like you're in no man's land, yeah. right? Like you, you started on the hard left and now you're you're trying to run as a sort of progressive centrist. Yeah, truly. That. Is that true? I, don't, I mean, I always hear Bernie people say that. Yeah. No, I want, she when used to be a Republican. Well, which I, you know, I think that's okay. That's, uh, yeah, that's none, fine. There's nothing wrong with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like it's her identity's confused. Both her like literal, literally her cultural identity, yeah. which she's confused herself. Her ancestral identity. Her yeah. ancestral identity, but also her political <laughs> identity. She came out of Oklahoma. I guess she started as a Republican. Now she's like, oh, I'm hard left, and I. I vote with Bernie and I'm all on Medicare for all and now it's like no 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 I'm a centrist I'm like Obama except you know I'm gonna yeah. run right down the middle but yeah. I'm not Pete 
So we'll. I mean, I think the Claire Pete seems to have died, right? Like his. He's he definitely. He had a moment, and then he's backed off. He he was in the lead in the Iowa New Hampshire polls at one point, and he's backed and people off. Just like, no, he's still up there, though. He's, he's not, still for example, he's ahead of uh, Klobuchar, for example. Um. So I'm. It seems like to me, and then so that yeah, there's been this Bernie Elizabeth Warren drama on in the interwebs with them hating each other, fighting each other. The, the whole, whole lie you're thing. Calling me a liar. Shit. I mean. Scandal. Yeah. It, it seems CNN, to me it's going to be. Bernie Biden, which is sort of like, I mean, I'm, I you know, I can't believe it. I know it's two geriatric old white men. Yeah, and this is the best the Democratic Party the nation has. And I think gonna, it's gonna be Bernie, dude. Now that I, and I'm then and like, then it goes to, and it becomes Bernie because realistically, I feel like Biden is, can't he can't win the presidential. He can't he do can't, it. He, he can't. can't. He hasn't done any. He, Ber- I would say Bernie Trump debates, gen- general election debates, must see TV. Yeah, that's going to be absolute good. must see. But TV. also, honestly, the general election debates in general. But are super I, I will. I think that will be the end of the podcast because I will have to say goodbye to humanity and civilization. Like, if you're watching Bernie versus Trump, <laughs> like United States, like the great beacon of the free world, whatever. Blah blah blah. blah. Like it's this not- is the last, the best hope for humanity is like this. Of is whatever and. The, the civilizational crisis, global warming, blah blah blah, end of cap. What? And this is what we get. We got two eighty-year-olds. This is the best we can do. This yeah. is what we've, out of the like the the ground sourcing of of our people, yeah. you know, through the process of political nomination, and you know, this is like the people do choose. You know, the people are choosing this. This is what the people are bringing, and 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 we got Bernie and Trump. That's really it. That's, that's the best we can do. Yeah, that's it. There's no, there's no, there's no. One just, it's sad. Yeah. It's tragic. I'm sorry. It's tragic. Yeah. I mean, we'd like to think that it's the people who are choosing this, but it's not really the people who are choosing. Yeah. It's like the the people who are rising in the polls are the people who have the backing of all of these major corporations and all. And then they have the money. Yeah. But Bernie has the money. I mean, he's got he's got. Well, he ha- did the crowd. He did the crowdsource thing. People you know? love Bernie. The people yeah. like. The people I, do actually love Bernie. That is true. And you know, and like. The people love Trump, you know, like not, yeah. not you know, the, peop- the pe- Trump's people, people, yeah, but yeah. Trump's people love Trump, Trump's like, I, like that's a good, I mean, it may not be a, more than 50%, but it's a good chunk of the country. And that's all it is now, is like, you just got to energize your 30% of the nation. And like, it's just like, how civilizationally did we get here, where my this friend is Tom, my friend Tom sent me an article. I think I sent it to you. I don't know if you read it. It was in the foreign the, policy. I did. I read, I read yeah. So I thought that was a really interesting take. That like the Mechanic, real downfall, me- mechanistic. the mechanistic downfall of our country, something the founders thought about but didn't put any like sort of mechanism in place to get rid of, and is the two party, the two party system. Yeah. Having be, having these two monolithic parties where, like we were just talking about with like how the Democrats have to formulate an opposition to Trump's yeah. foreign policy, and the Republicans, it's either you 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 you're psychophantic. Sycophantic, yeah, yes, man, or you're not. You're, or or you're, you're not out. a party, yeah. yeah, and that's really it. It's like you're either in the, like the rural, like America first, like <laughs> fuck immigrants, <laughs> like all in on Jesus, guns, <laughs> like climate change is bullshit. We need a strong leader. We need to like go out there and take the oil and just be great and be fucking American and stop being, you know, lower taxes, whatever. Or you're on Bernie's side, yeah. right? And it's just like all cities, Trump countries retarded. Like we need, we need universal health care. We need like you know, high green taxes revolution. on the rich, green, green revolution. Everything has to be filtered through these two monolithic parties. And yeah, what you get is like two uninspiring candidates maybe. And if you had a multi-party system, 
Part, you know, yeah. if you, if you had a green party who was like they're the green they're the green people, you want that's your number one thing. You vote green. Yeah. You don't have to vote for the Democrat. And there's like vote. a little libertarian party. There's a libertarian party. There's a centrist party. There's, there's like a, an anti-immigrant party. There's, you know? yeah, there's an anti-immigrant party. There's a multinational like cosmopolitan city party. Right. Yeah. But how does that play out when you're voting for one presidential candidate? Yeah. So on the presidential candidate, it's interesting because yeah, ultimately it does filter down the one. But at least it really what that does is that empowers. I mean, so, I mean, the, the, so the, the article the, outlines that, We'll like, post the link to the article in the, yeah. in the description. It talks about how if you're in the city, it doesn't really make sense to vote because you know you're going to be Democrat and your your vote is, you know, it doesn't really matter because everyone's voting Democrat. And if you're in so the it, rural area, you're not going to be able to win any popular vote, but, like, you're, again, it's yeah. like everyone's... So, and it, I think also the article is right. fascinating because it kind of outlines all these mechanistic changes, you know, that we could change to... Without overwriting everything, that we could change to kind of um, election mechanics, really. election mechanics that to would, allow coalition building. Yeah, um, ranked choice voting, for example, doing away with the electoral college, one popular vote for the national for the presidency. Um, I think it's fascinating. I, you know, I'm a little. It's like seems to be a little bit more just like intellectual cheese because I am skeptical of it. Yeah, of structural just, reform talk, of that you're scale. You're promoting the the results of our current system, and I don't know how we. I don't know how we get out of this. No, I, right? I mean, like, this is like... We're not, it, it seems like we're just going to keep going down this road because, you know what, what, no matter whether Bernie... Let's say Bernie wins. He does his new Iran deal. He, like, starts... Green, new, green yeah, deal. He puts all the... He puts vegetables back in school lunches. He does universal health care. He raises taxes on billionaires. Green New Deal. Yeah, all this shit. Life's that, good. Like, the hard... Le- I mean, it's like, like, no, it's not going away. It's yeah, just going to be like, like next election is going to be just as toxic over some other set of issues. Like, and it's going to be Ted Cruz versus you know, <laughs> AOC <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, or Don Jr. versus. Why every podcast we get to this, we get to this state of resignation. We talk ourselves to this like a state of resignation. Yeah, where the country is just like this is what we we are where we are now, and we've entertained. I don't know what it is. Whether it's like we've entertained ourselves to death, whether we have it too good, we don't struggle enough. Like we don't. We're there's not, a lack of virtue. Like there's not a it. solid political like. Cla- there's not political thought happening within the electorate. There's no reaching across the aisle. There's no let's debate these issues. Yeah. There's no like and we seem to let's be find consensus on like issue on an issue by issue basis rather than I'm on this team or that. Yeah, team. I think that's a that's a great um, the, this article we're referencing talks about that as well. That inability of it's every issue is every issue right in the sense that it's either we debate all of these issues at once. Or we don't, or we don't do anything at all. So it's like there's no ability to just say like, oh, on this issue I'm here, but on this issue I'm here. You know, on, on yeah, this there's none of that. There's no ability. For and even people if people have that in their private lives, yeah. they don't vote that way, yeah. and the politicians don't and, vote and, that and, way. And it so it that. doesn't matter whether people actually. I, mean, I do. Th- I believe one of my <coughs> things is I do believe that some of this is coming from the fact that we have. Um, it's very much winner take all. Yeah. Like that, the, the country has centralized partially due to technology, but also yeah. the institutions have slowly, the federal level institutions have become where everything takes place. And so in the past where states were had more power in the sense that like more of like your day-to-day life was influenced by state level decision-making, yeah. um, the national result wasn't everything yeah. and therefore wasn't as combative, right? I guess, I, I think, you know, so as we've centralized and, and the, the imperial presidency has ascended as the the one thing that rules everything. Yeah. Um, it's gotten more and more toxic and winner-take-all and polarized and whatever, whereas in the past, maybe as we were decentralized, um, 
you know, more federal, you know, more spread out decision making was more disaggregated. This goes into it some was of the able to be, that like Trump has done too, by yeah. like he, he found the cheat code and he did the the like I found my thirty percent that I'm just gonna lean in too hard. Turns out I don't need the rest of the seventy percent of the country. I'm just gonna cater exclusively to this group and my candidacy, you know what it's about? It's about fucking winning. Yeah. That's it. It's just about winning. Yeah. And so if you're if you're on the left, I'm trying to make you lose. Yeah. Everything you do. And if you want to be on the winning side, like we're gonna win. We're gonna win, and it's all about that. I mean, he was like down to like I was talking, Laura. I was talking. I've been talking about this with a bunch of people, but like he's I done like little gotta, spiteful shit. Like he literally repealed Michelle Obama's school lunch program yeah. for fighting obesity <laughs> with like vegetables and stuff in the meals and less pizza and shit. He literally repealed that on her birthday. Yeah. It's like, that's just like, you're, he's literally just pandering to his base. That's yeah. not the, the, the consensus building or like, that's, did yeah. I think, did that's I think like, through that policy? That, that, that is just like fundraising. Yeah. Like he like, generates fundraising from that. And yeah. Like, he generates this. enthusiasm, if not money. Yeah. Just by being like, yeah, fuck Michelle Obama. That's like the <laughs> lane he's driving in. And you know what? The Bernie Bernie Sanders is just going down exactly like fuck Trump. Yeah. Right. Like Which is whatever. That's that's, Which, that's what, what yeah. our country is now. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it's like also like uh, we. I laughed because Pelosi on the impeachment order. Oh yeah, let's Pelosi, do, let's, let's get into impeachment before yeah. we wrap up. Okay, so Paul. Yeah. Quick. The impeachment order. Pending. What's our What's our t- updated hot take on best? Who's going to win the the nomination? I think Bernie wins the nomination now. Yeah, like, that's I, where you I are. I thought Elizabeth Warren when we first started doing this, I think, and now I think Bernie wins. Yep, okay. I. That's just my prediction. I think okay. my prediction right now is Biden, unfortunately. How I, about uh, actual choice or pseudo-endorsement? Pseudo, yeah, who's your, oh, ooh. That's thank good, you. That's, that's good line. Who would I endorse? See, I hesitate to do this. But I endorsed Bernie last podcast, I think. Yeah, because you want to test his policies out. I just yeah, wanted to experiment um, I do. I would like you know on a personal level. Obviously, I want more investment in renewables. I do want. I, I would love a humbler foreign policy with less wars. You know, I would okay, like. Okay, 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 okay. I'm just. I'm going issue by issue because that's how I like to think about. No, stuff. But, you, but what's your endorsement? If I had, you to, if I had to endorse someone, you right gotta now, vote. You gotta vote for somebody. It's like it's do or die. It's really tough. Um, you can always vote for Trump too. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't be him. <laughs> I don't a, think it would be It's him. okay. I won't, I won't hold it against you. <laughs> I appreciate you giving me that safe space to say that. Yeah. Uh, I, no, let the, let the record show that on January 21st, 2020, uh, Trevor Safko did, did not, he did not say, he did not endorse Trump. Um, so, it would probably be... See, I think, I, I don't know. I... I think Bernie. I think, Bernie. I, okay. I, think okay. I want to see like I want to see some of those policies, but I, there's a huge part of me that wants to say Andrew Yang. Yeah. Because I like really? I like the idea of a out, political outsider. Yeah. I like the idea of I like he he's just more he's got a well, perspective. He's younger. He's, he's younger. Like, he's got a perspective on like actual like really issues like, facing yeah. the modern economy from automation to yeah. like. And he doesn't speak in political rhetoric. He doesn't speak in political which rhetoric. Is, I hate political rhetoric. He's got creative yeah. policy subscriptions. I don't think Bernie has. Bernie's policy subscriptions are like tried and true from like the 50s, yeah. whether they work or not, whether they can work in 2020, yeah. you know, raise taxes on the rich, try to pour some funding on in, yeah, into like healthcare, social bingo, safety bingo, bingo, yeah. I hope that shit works, man. That'd be great. Yeah, maybe maybe everyone lives that we we build a utopia in the uh, in Bernie's political movement together. I'm as I grow older and older, I get more and more skeptical, and I just doubt that he has the. Ability or any president really has the ability to like institute that. Institute that. So I kind of want more of a modern thinker yeah. about and uh, thinking about modern issues rather than trotting out twentieth century 
uh, you know, yeah. FDR well, shit. I wish we could hear more of Andrew Yang's policies. I know it's not allowed in the debate stage. The Honestly, debate, like, and, and it's like and even saying like, dude, yeah, I, endorsing I, Andrew Yang. What does that even mean? It's like yeah, he's not going to win. What's well, like same thing as like endorsing Cory Booker? It's like so a, I do think. Um, quick note. Quick, yeah, so quick. I want to. I, I want to go to Lauren next. Um, okay. But I want to do a quick side note. The Democratic debates, right? There's these set of rules. To be fair, the Democratic uh, committee leadership set up these set of rules that made by which people qualified for the debates, and Andrew Yang didn't qualify. Sad right. story. Um, this is what I think. I think the Democratic leadership say we're fucking choosing yep. for the good of the party. Yeah, and I'm gonna take that on the chin. I'm gonna take responsibility for this party and what should it what it should be, and I'm gonna pick who's on these debates. Sorry, Mary, Marianne Williamson, you're not getting on the debate stage. Yeah, we're gonna have good candidates that I choose because I think they represent the party and the various views and the various... And I... Sorry, you know, Tom Steyer, you're not getting on a debate stage. Andrew Yang is. Like... I mean, but they I, wouldn't... Because that's I, I, the thing. They so, wouldn't allow an Andrew so, Yang. So, but I, I, I do think... Sure, they maybe... They wouldn't because that's... And that's why... The, that's why like, I said, there's no, there's no political leadership. Yeah. The, the leadership of the Democratic Party should have taken responsibility and owned this debate and said... And the whole process, they should have said... I'm, you elected me the DNC, ch- the chairman of the DNC. I'm going to execute on this, and well, I'm going to take. That's what they tried to do with Hillary versus Bernie in 2016. Well, and, and they fucked, and, and that was a failure because exactly. they, they did it. They, that is they did a really good. But they, line. but they, they did take responsibility. And they chose Hillary, yeah, which was bad. That's bad leadership. That's you yeah. should. They should have had an honest debate from the get go between Hillary and. And uh, by uh, Bernie, but they didn't want that, right? Because that's the thing: is the Democratic so, Party just like the so Republican they did party. choose, but they choose poorly. You know, like history hinges on like people taking responsibility and choosing poorly or, or well. And, and I Why think they should choose. we take the choice away from the people, though? No, I don't think we're taking away from the choice. I just think it's, they they basically tried to shed responsibility by creating these sets of rules ahead of time. Yeah, and it's like lettering it happen, saying, "Hey, these were the rules." Yeah, you know. So, like, so and, 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 but it's it's turned out poorly. You know, we've, now we have Tom Steyer in the debate stage. How did he get enough donations? How did he get enough individual uh, He has, like, a big, he has a big uh, fundraising network, and I guess, because um, he used to he used to be an organizer before he became a candidate. Um, so I just I just think that's a, a failure of political leadership of the political class there. Side note. Back to the main topic. Lauren, who's your... Yeah, I think... Today. I, it's okay, because we're going to yeah. be able to change. You're going to be able to change a future podcast. I where we are right now, and I would hope that he would pick a vice president that would stand for the same... Ideals, but is younger and more in tune with like yeah, tech maybe. and the modern economy. You know, I I do like Andrew Yang in the sense that he kind of appeals to the younger generation, but I still honestly don't really know what he stands for. for yeah. I don't know how he plans on executing his policies, and I don't know if he really understands the way that government works. The political in, mechanics. Yeah, in the way that we would want him to as the leader of our. Um, so Bernie it's, Yang, it's, yeah. Bernie so, Yang, you'd have Bernie Yang ticket. Maybe. I mean, I would like to maybe even see someone who's not even on the the stage yeah. right now. Yeah, someone sure. Someone yeah. else who actually which does, does happen. Yeah, that know, does happen. Like, they do pull. I mean, Tim Kaine. Tim Kaine. Oh yeah, Tim Kaine. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would love a woman and person of color being in the leadership stage yeah. of uh, the country, but that's clearly not an option right now. So I. I mean, it's an option. It's an option that leadership and you know, could you can do. I mean, I so my my um, I um so I endorse. As of right now, yeah. as of the options that everyone put before us. Yeah. I think I endorse Warren. I think uh, I think she has the guts to. You know, speak truth to Trump on the debate stage. Yeah. 
I think she's ideologically flexible enough to unite the party. Yeah, she to, to to beat Trump. Yeah, um, and to also not even after they beat Trump, but also unite the party when they have the Senate and get stuff passed. Like you know, like when I don't know, stuff, man. I think that hyper partisanship is here to stay for until Trump. You know, dies. I mean, sure, the partisanship between the parties, but like within the party. I was fully on board know? as of. You know, two weeks ago maybe. Yeah. When I was like, I don't know. I don't know if she has. A and also, honestly, she bought my vote. She said she's going to use an executive order to raise federal debt. Well, she said that. She also said. So yeah. So like, I'm like trying to get her to. She's saying like, oh, yeah, maybe on my second term. Yeah. So what about I'm. Those private loans though. <coughs> millions people have. Well, hopefully she'll be think of that too. I mean, she's got a plan for everything, right? So that's that's my coin endorsement. It's honestly bought and paid for by that promise. So yeah. principles out the window. And two, I do think. I want to see Medicare for all experimentally. I think it's going to. Be, I personally think it's going to be not. I think it's good for the country in the sense that I think we need a solution and we need a fix. I don't think it's going to fix a lot of the problems. And I think in you know 15, 20, 30 years in the road, what we're going to see is that um, a whole different suite of problems yeah, in all likelihood. Yeah, you know, it's like kind of how like you know the NHS, like these. There isn't the prop. You know, problems just. Problems never go I think right, people so. are tired of our current set of problems. You know, normally it's devil you know versus devil you don't. Yeah. I think people want the devil you don't. Yeah, so we're, and, and we're going to get it. Yeah. I'm tired of the fact that, you know, if I don't have a job, I don't have health care. Yeah. People are tired of the yeah. fact that, like, oh, if I have a baby, it's going to cost me how much? Ten yeah. grand? Yeah. Ten grand to have a fucking baby? Well, yeah. That's, that's like a real thing in this country that's just not in else other countries. You don't, you don't incur, like, tens of thousands of dollars in medical debt just for having, giving life yeah. to, you know, producing a human, something we've done for free our whole lives, yeah. or our whole species uh, existence. Um, just like, yeah, so all these sorts of, like, whatever, you know, American healthcare problems, I think people are tired of them. They want new a new set of healthcare problems, whether Which, and we're long get, lines, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's going to be something. My, yeah. I can't get this experimental surgery or, or whatever. whatever, whatever or, it is. You know, or like yeah. federal debt balloons and we have to raise taxes. Oh, yeah, now we care about federal debt. Is, yeah. is there anyone yeah. voting on fiscal policy right now? <laughs> okay, I, of course, as the reactionary, uh, do. I Honestly, I'm trolling everybody because I don't like any of the Democratic candidates. I hate them all, um, <laughs> including Bernie. Actually, and I'll also say, I was willing to do the Bernie experiment last week, last podcast episode, because yeah. I was fed up. I was like, yeah, I what just changed? Want to... What changed? I saw him on the debate stage, and he's unsufferable. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I just <laughs> when he's on the debate stage, and he's yelling and screaming, and he's like, Elizabeth is broken from me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just like, honestly, I would never want to work with this guy. You know, like I like. Do you want to share your, your take uh, uh, or the he, thing I, He's no. insufferable. So, so I. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. So, so I, just, I, I know people who have worked with him personally yeah. and are not a fan of Bernie. Not they okay. They say that it's, he is on his moral high ground and he pretends yeah. to be better than everyone else when in reality he is just as dirty as all the other politicians. Yeah, and he and exudes, I mean, he exudes that, like, yeah. that self-righteousness that yes, is like, that. I'd rather you be cynical like Trump, you know? <laughs> you know, like Trump is... He's like, oh, I'm a scumbag, but I win. I you know? like, of course we're going to see Which like, really I, telling that, like, in the 2016 election, all the people who were, like, so fervently for Bernie very quickly switched to Trump. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. There was a huge thing there where yeah. there's, like, so... There, yeah, the Bernie bros. And also, I do think, I, I also think Bernie's, some of Bernie's um, language is very anti-immigrant. He doesn't, he doesn't say it explicitly, but, like, everything is about us shipping jobs overseas and taking jobs, you know, taking jobs. Like, I'm sorry, but if, if taking jobs is your primary concern, yeah. it's, it's only, it's only a, a, a tiny step to build the wall. 
really I'm sorry. That's just it's true that that it's very close, and so I don't. I don't. He's like NAFTA, Mexico took seven billion jobs. Oh, seven billion jobs. It's like yeah, and the Mexicans got them. Like, do we just say fuck the Mexicans? Like, they want <laughs> they they're benefiting from those jobs. Like. It's, um, it's complicated, country, right? Like, like, yeah. We can't be the only country <laughs> benefiting from. Yeah, it's like I'm. It's it's. I, and then he just there's no recognition of that complexity, which I just. It's not that any politician gives recognition to the complexities of an issue, but moral. But Bernie does that, and then he adds in his righteousness, his moral righteousness. Yeah. That I, it's insufferable. I still would be if you got elected. I wouldn't be upset because I do want to see the experimental. My yeah, experimental at this stage for me, I'm not looking. I, I'm so cynical about any candidate. Really I just need Trump to lose. Like, I really just need Trump to lose. I need Trump to lose. I can't. Also, like, I'm voting on. To change stance is really important to me. Also, yeah, it's like there's right. like that's what I'm looking that for right like now. It's a so. huge opportunity economically, like. Like yeah, everything, sure. you know? yeah, like, like, paradigm shift for sure. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Is not like a candidate who's like checks all the boxes and can I understand foreign policy <laughs> yeah. and can because I just feel like that's a pipe dream. Do this you think never gonna produce that? I'm looking for a, a, a win on a few key issues. I'm looking for funding for basic research and yeah. climate change and like trying to actually s- approach that issue seriously as well as like do you some th- sort of s- increase in social safety nets and. You know, reduction in income inequality. Those are the two major things that I would like domestically to on, see on the on the voting thing here, as well as no wars. Do you think um, that it's relevant? It's it, that it's it's legitimate to vote based on who has the best chance to be Trump. So what I mean by that is, do you think it's a basically like we're set? Trump's going to lose, or do you think it's like? Prioritizing that above all else is a legitimate like voting concern for a voter. Like I actually like Bernie more than I like person. You know, I actually I actually like Bernie more than I like Biden. But I think Biden's the best chance to beat Trump. Therefore, I'm voting for Biden. Like, to what degree do you think that it's legitimate and necessary for like the Democratic voters to do? I guess I reject the. I I think that Trump is much more beatable than he seems. Yeah. I think he's got like. like so you don't. Got, so therefore. If he's, I think it doesn't I, really matter. Really, you yeah, know. that's what I think. It doesn't really matter. I, I guess do, the question yeah. is, at what cost? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, that's what that's my, my thing is like. I would literally vote for any of the candidates there. Like, I, yeah. if the cost is like Warren versus Biden, like, or you know, like Biden versus like, um, I think a primary should vote. Biden's like not going to be as good as Bernie on those things. Who you guys were just talking about? Like, he's just not going to push green. He's not whatever. He's not going to push those issues way. But Bernie would, but. I would much rather that than another four years of Trump. Yeah. Without, hands down, 10 out of 10, done, easy, no problem. I'll take that trade. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know if that's the choice, though. I don't think that it's like you And framing it that way is kind of, you know, unfair. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people do think of it that way. A lot of people th- look at, like, head-to-head numbers. But I think, I mean, who knows, man. I mean, if anything, Trump taught us... I don't like polls or nonsense, but yeah. yeah. How do you even define electability? Yeah, like, if we're not, not going to talk about the issues. Yeah, I think when you get into the electability lane, it's, 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 it's like incredible. it becomes self-fulfilling prophecies of like mediocrity yeah. and like I do nothing think, changing. Yeah. And we we there's such serious structural issues. I kind of like electability because um, it does seem to be a mechanism by which people get pushed to the center, which is if you are into kind of like centrist. Cool, take the temperature down. We were talking we talk- on that tangent we were on earlier about like why are we polarizing? Why is it getting yeah, yeah, so? Yeah. 
that is does seem to be a mechanism at play where that electability thing kind of like pushes people to the center. Unless Trump just killed that, and now yeah. he's just like, yeah. no, actually, Trump proved you don't need to ever go to the center. Yeah, you, you just, just stay in your lane. You stay in your base. Yeah, and you just you just and you just base. move the party to you. You know, move he basically the party to you. Yeah. yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. TBT when you said that there should be uh, serious legal consequences for people who got abortions. Oh, I mean, if you know, I mean, he, yeah, he said women should go to jail for giving abortions or should be trumped. Yeah, this that was like during the election. He's like, yeah, I think there should be a punishment for the woman. Not like in a Stephanopoulos interview where someone was like, just throw out crazy stuff, and he doesn't know the answers to like simple yeah. questions. So he just but says then like, we're kind of backtracked and was like, or you know, I don't know, maybe women, but maybe the doctors. Because he really jail, isn't or, like ideologically like he, he just not like thought through anything. Yeah, he, and also I don't really think ideologically personally. He gives a shit about abortion. No, he's he probably like, he's pro-abortion, I'm sure, he's because he's probably... definitely had... Yeah, he's paid for, like... Yeah, yeah, for all sure. All his mistresses. Yeah, like, so it seems to me, about? like, that probably he's just like, oh, yeah, this will go well. This will... Yeah, this will play well. Yeah, I just want to sound tough. Yeah, yeah, kill the... You gotta, you know, we can't just go after the, the, the terrorists. We gotta go after their families. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. says shit like that all the time where everyone's like, wait, you, you're saying we gotta kill innocent people? Yeah, yeah, you gotta go after the terrorist families. That's the problem. So I, all right, very well. We're running, out, we're out of time. But uh, let's, let me just say on the impeachment note, Nancy Pelosi used how many pens to sign the impeachment? Oh right, <laughs> sorry, we're digression left and right here today. Twenty uh, something. Twenty pens. She's twenty pens. It was something. Maybe I don't know. Why? It was something. It's because each pen became, was a part of her signature, and, and it can then be like fundraised off or like given to someone as like this was a pen that impeached Donald Trump. And then they fundraising. This is, I mean, that's not, she didn't invent this. Everybody does this yeah. on big bills and stuff like that. It's pretty standard. But the number of pens was like unusually. She like this is pen record. Yeah, I think. Or <laughs> yeah, something like that. It was kind of a minor flap, you know. Of yeah. course, Republicans are like, look at Nancy. She's so partisan. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And Democrats are like, this, you know, whatever. It is historic. Um, but that is hilarious. Impeachment is proceeding. I think next episode maybe we'll do a, a, an impeachment update just because we haven't talked about it in a while and, uh, yeah I mean I don't even know if the nation cares anymore but yeah Trump it's did starting again tomorrow. it's starting again tomorrow it's getting televised right we're getting, it's getting we televised got, yeah we'll see we'll see it's if good like, television yeah if we get Bolton up there and hey the least we have good shit. television we got that going for us <laughs> <laughs> um, if Bolton gets on there here's your here's your take for next episode will Bolton testify or not yes or no one, eight, one yes or no that's it yes yes I say yes, you will. <laughs> I want to say no just, cause, uh, just because. Honestly, I, I, you know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe something happens and he gets removed from office. Dare to dream. You never know. You, ne- you just never know. What if Trump just has a Big Mac heart attack? <laughs> Who knows, man? That could happen like right before the general election. 2020. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next week. <laughs>